Okay. Hi, everybody. The podcast is on purpose, and we are your hosts. I am Dr. John Duffy, and with me, as always, is Chicago Tribune columnist Heidi Stevens. Good morning, Heidi. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are good. you? I'm good, thanks. Today is a, an historic day. Because it's the last one we're recording before It's our the last end podcast of the year. Of the year. <laughs> yes. That's and what the, you meant, right? I think there's a second story that's you know, really second page material uh-huh. that the president is being impeached oh, today. That. Yeah. Oh, that. But yes. the podcast and this being the last of the year of the first year of our podcast. The first year of our podcast. Right? Come on. This is a big deal. I know. Last one of 2019. <laughs> we will, of course, be back. But we're not recording anymore this year, right? No. Yeah. Because next week's Christmas. I'm going to miss it. Years. I am, too. Yeah. This is like therapy for me. Me, too. It's I fun. Mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, somewhere on TV in front of you, if you're it's already happened, right? The president's already been impeached. I think so. Yeah. I haven't checked Twitter. And has um, the Senate already decided I mean, they... we're not removing him from office? Is I mean, that, I mean <laughs> I it's, it's weird that we know how it goes. You know, like in the past, I always remember thinking like, you know, this is theatrical and it's going to be amazing to see how, how it plays out. And yeah. now it feels just so obvious that, you know, it's kind of like, you know, somebody's already programmed how the game's going to end. Right. And yeah. it feels like this big thing is going to happen today and then actually nothing's going to happen <laughs> as a result of it, right? Is that how it feels to you? It, it feels exactly that way to me. Because, like, Nixon resigned actually before the vote, right? Yes. They couldn't even vote to impeach him. He just went ahead and resigned. I, and I think it was the night before. And this yeah. was a big deal. I remember I was—you were— not here yet, I, I would imagine. <laughs> I, was, I was born in 74, so, but October of 74. So, so yeah. I was a few years old uh-huh. at that point. And, you were married um, with uh, George. <laughs> George is in my lap and we watched that together. <laughs> no, I remember, I think I was in my dad's lap, which was a rare thing. Yeah. And we, we he made sure that I watched this thing and I was super bored, but I could tell it was exciting. Like, yeah. I could, like my older brother was there. He's eight years older, so he had some feel for it. And it felt momentous and dramatic and exciting somehow. Yeah. Um, and this this feels the same. Right. <laughs> this feels nothing like I imagine that felt. Also, Clinton, I think, if I read this correctly, spent the night before the impeachment vote or 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 shortly before the impeachment vote apologizing, right, from the yes. Rose Garden. Yeah. Um, biting his lip and yep, yep, yep. Sincerely, <laughs> sincerely apologizing for that blowjob. And I, Trump did not apologize. He sent out a crazy, like, 9,000 exclamation point six-page letter to Nancy Pelosi. I, I don't know. This just doesn't feel like, and here's the grand finale. This feels like the beginning of a different shit show, but one that will not result in a different president anytime soon. To me, to it me. feels like, to me, it feels like the continuation of the same shit show. You know what I mean? Like, this just feels like another episode. It feels like kind of like a, um, the end of a season. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, where it's right. like, wow, that happened. Yeah. Okay, let's see what Get happens next season. Get him and go to the bathroom season. and then yeah. we'll start season yeah. seven. We'll binge watch season seven, see yeah. how that goes. But, and the, and this, it's still the same guy as president right, of the right. show. Right, right. How are we yeah. going to make it crazier than this? You know <laughs> I, what I mean? Like, I'm, season seven is going to be... Good luck for the writers there. I fear that we will find a way. <laughs> <laughs> to up the ante and make this weirder than it already is. And I think so. More dis- Oh, so do I. Yeah. So do I. This just gets uglier, I think. Yeah. So it's kind of weird, though, to be sitting here knowing that that's happening around us. Yeah. It does feel like one of those days that you're going to reference all through history. And I, and I did see, I didn't click on the story, but I saw a headline today right before I came in here. I think it was maybe a political story, but it said that... Um, 
one of the first things, you know, looking ahead, one of the first things that will be taught about President Trump when you're teaching about him in history classes is... Which is something that's going to happen. Go right. Ahead. I know. <laughs> you're, sh- you're shaking. Do you need a second? <laughs> Just picturing my grandchildren one day in a history class, yeah. you know, like referencing President Trump right. as a legitimate thing. A thing that happened. Yeah. Um, and one of the first things that will be taught about him is his impeachment. Yeah. According to this headline, a, a story I didn't read. But I do. I think that that by itself is an interesting tidbit. For sure. For sure. It's definitely a momentous day. What's curious about it to me, honestly, is like, you know, uh, it takes me about an hour to drive in um, and I didn't feel any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. It crossed my mind, but, you know, it was fleeting. I, isn't that interesting? I so thought that last night I was at the gym and, you know, there's the 90 TVs in front of you and uh, like one had Home Alone on, um, one had, you know, a music video. One had the news and I thought like, man, would everybody be more uh, invested in this or or feel like they couldn't get it out of their heads more if it wasn't happening like literally nine days before Christmas? There's that too, right? It kind of, it, it leaves a pall over something that should be really joyous. Yeah. 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 Or you just have, or you're just so dang busy, you know? Like, oh, right. You know, right. There's that, too. <laughs> that, too. Um, yeah. Or, I mean, both, though, I think. It's like, OK, I'm super busy. You know, it, 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 even if you don't celebrate Christmas, this time of year gets crazy because your kids still have, you know, the winter band concert and you still invited to six more parties than you would have right. otherwise been. And you still have a grab bag at work that you got to shop for. Yep, like yep. So These are things that most people, whether they celebrate or not, or whether they have kids or not, are. this is a frantic time of year, right? Yeah, it's frantic and it's either jubilant or it's depressing, it, 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 but it's... It's heightened yeah. and it's busy, yeah. no doubt. And then it's like, oh, wait, now I'm supposed to sit down and read like the lengthy analysis of what happens in the House. And then after it happens in the House, what happens in the Senate? It's just like, when do I have time? Right. And I we think have a lot this... of people are feeling that. When do I have time? And I think we're already fatigued by it all. You know what I mean? Like this whole thing has been drawn out for so long and this presidency has been long. And it's been, I think, regardless of where you sit politically, it has been just ugly all across the board, right? Yeah. You know, um, it hasn't been fun. Yeah. It hasn't felt progressive. It doesn't feel like, you know, like the American way the founding fathers might have envisioned it. Right. I don't think it is that. <laughs> I, I mean, I think a lot about the legacy of this administration and what it in what ways Trump has shaped our country and our culture that maybe are going to be, maybe are going to stick around for a while. Mm -hmm. And I don't so much mean policies. Um, I think more about, um, you know, everybody talks about how divided we are. I I, I don't think that's especially new. Um, I think we've had less divisive times and more divisive times. Um, Agreed there, but for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that, like, the civil rights era was, you know, more, you know— Or less or divisive, less divisive. Right? Yeah. And, and And I could even argue that, you know, it, it needed to be. I mean, unless the, all of the country was going to, you know— open their arms to civil rights and suddenly become justice minded, then fine. I would love it 
to have not been divisive, but <laughs> but if it takes some division to make progress, I'm fine with division. Absolutely right. right. Um, so I mean, the ultimate goal isn't like, can we just all get along? Because right. if I don't want us to all get along with people who are holding the country back from progress and justice and equity for all. Right. So so what do you think then makes this a particularly vitriolic time? So given that we've always had some divisiveness, right? There's always been an aisle, right? So. What I think about a lot is how this presidency has caused a lot of us to feel like we have to, um, it's harder to remember people's humanity, I think. Yeah. And you look at where someone stands on an issue, um, and suddenly, or, or you see a mistake that someone makes, and it feels as though you have to 100% cancel that person or 100% um, demonize that person. And it feels a little harder than it used to to just um, see people as full humans that have flaws and um, make mistakes, but are also capable of growth and yeah. change. And um, maybe deserve our forgiveness. So you're not feeling the nuance of the times. It feels more binary to you. It feels like a way more binary time. Yeah. And I think that's partly Trump. I think that's partly a whole bunch of things. Me too. And 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 I say all of this believing that we we need to um, get, you know, we need to be outraged about a mm-hmm. lot of stuff that that for all for far too long we just took as the way of things yeah. right especially the me too stuff um that stuff deserves our outrage and it and it needs changing for sure and it doesn't change without outrage um but i think about you know you and i talked a couple weeks ago about um eddie johnson yeah getting fired right and he needed to get fired you can't i mean if he were driving drunk and it sounds like you know he he did um, you know, you can't you can't keep your job. That's no, no, no. he could have killed any someone job, or hurt but this someone. is a police right. chief, yeah, right? This is important. Right. And, and you can't lie to the mayor. And so right. you know, I'm not I don't question how any of that went down. Um but I you know, I feel for him a little bit. And then I feel a little silly for feeling for him. I get it. And at the same time, I'm like, I don't know, like he probably had a really, really hard job. And so like, he probably did find ways to numb himself, you know, even after a kidney transplant and probably he shouldn't have been drinking and probably for sure shouldn't have been drinking with, you know, a woman (laughs) on a security detail who wasn't his wife and probably for sure shouldn't have driven after that. All of those things. And yet I feel a little bit like, is it okay anymore to feel like just sad for someone who made a mis- even major though they mistakes. made a major mistake? Yeah, yeah. That no, might it- have put people in harm's way, and that might have you know held up systems that you don't believe in, and all of that. Right. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I so know what you mean. Um, I, I I'll say that it's um, I I have a weird job. We both have weird jobs, um, and that probably get us to see behind the veil of an act, right? You know, so yeah. somebody does something awful. And um, in in my experience, I can sit down with somebody who has done terrible things. And this has happened many times. And honestly, it takes moments 
before they have my empathy. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it, it, and, and that would be true of you and that would be true of most of us, I think, if we really got to know a person yeah. for a while. Even, even in the wake of a really egregious acts, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you get, if you understand kind of the, the backstory of any human being and I, I'm gut checking that. You yeah, know, people, I guess people always give me, the, give me the Hitler test on this. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Most yeah. any human being. I'll just yeah. to, to ease our discussion here. Okay. Um, although I'm not sure. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. Never met the guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, most any human being, I think if you understand a little bit about them, if you sit down, you talk with them. Um, not not about what they've done, but who they are. Mm-hmm. You you get to understand like oh. Okay, I get. I, I, I understand. Yeah. I understand why you present this way. I understand why you're inclined towards certain things that are really self-destructive or others destructive. Yeah, uh, that that doesn't make it okay. Right. But I get it. In context, I get it, and I think there's hope for you. Yeah. Regardless, you know, like an Eddie Johnson, I would imagine if you and I could sit down with him for ten minutes, we'd be like feel for him right. truly. Yeah. And feel like. Well, there's hopefully a second act for you. Hopefully yeah. there's something next. Yeah. Yeah. I watched him speak at my friend Paul Bauer's funeral, and he looked Paul's daughter in the eye and addressed her by name. And just it was like this beautiful, horrible moment. And I don't know. I can't not think about that. Yeah. Yeah. When I think about him, so that's part of it, too. But, you know, for every human that, you know, we see a, you know, embarrassing or sad or enraging development about, even if we haven't met them, somebody has that moment. Yep, for sure. You know what I mean? Somebody has that Eddie Johnson at the funeral moment for that person. And and I try to remember that. And But I think the thing you just said that really I want to stay on for a second is when you said that doesn't make it okay, right? So, like, you understand where someone's, why someone became the way they became, why someone's behaving the way they're behaving, whatever, but it doesn't make it okay. And I think that, like, that's, especially when I'm parenting, that's a thing that I try to, um, you know, weigh equally, right, when I'm helping my kids and myself, um, you know, remain good-hearted empathic people, but who also have values and boundaries that we don't allow to be violated. Right. So you can say like, yeah, I I can see. So I think it, I think it's very easy to allow yourself to get into bad situations or bad relationships if you have a lot of empathy because you're like, well, I know this feels all wrong, but it look at, you know, how little love he has in his life. And right. so the fact that he's I so mean to me him. is just because he hasn't had good examples, but I'll be a good example and then I'll fix him and then it'll be fine. Yep. You know, or oh, like, yeah. I know these people are doing this thing that's really mean to this, you know, kid at school, but people have been mean to them. And so then that's why they're mean. And so, so yeah, like hurt people, hurt people, hurt people, hurt fix people. this person. Right. Yes, I can and help them. Exactly. And adults do that and kids do that. And so that's like the thing that I try to you know, remind myself in my own life, but also when I'm parenting to be like, you know, it's, I think it's okay and actually valuable and kind of lovely to um, try to understand what makes 
people who they are, yep. right? And what's happening on their insides and all of that. And I think it's also okay to go like, and that goes against everything I believe. So I'm going to keep my distance from that person, yes. right? It's a tricky thing to parents to in a way, right? Because kids now um, will defend their friends and the people in their class to their parents. So I see this all the time, you know, like, Oh, you know, this reminds me of something. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So, you know, um, I'm, I'm thinking of a session I had a while back and, um, and these parents found out that their son was vaping and they laid into him hard, hard and you know, yelling to the point where I'm like, are the other offices hearing? Yeah. You know I mean, like, is my sound machine effective <laughs> right. enough in this circumstance? <laughs> and, um, and, and the kid's like, you know, it finally, you know, and he's kind of capitulating. I get it right. You you guys are absolutely right. I should not be hanging around these bad people who are vaping and have convinced me to do so. And then he's finally like, you know what? No, this isn't what's happening. You know what I mean? Like we're everybody there. These are really good people. Yeah. You guys don't get it. Like yeah. maybe I need to distance myself from them, but we're not, we can't just label them bad people, you right. know? So sometimes these kids have this sense of, not just empathy, nuance. But, yes, as you nuance said. Yeah. and and connection and this recognition that you know, like they do this thing that you don't like, and maybe I don't like either, and maybe it has influenced me to mm-hmm. some extent. May, but maybe I've influenced them too. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can't. I, I cannot sit by and go along with this narrative that feels so very false to me. You yeah. know. So this kid knew, like, this is going to break bad on me. You know, like this is my my. Uh, separation from my iPhone just went another week, you know, (laughs) but it was worth it because I can't not say the true thing because I know what the true thing is about these people. And my parents want to paint them this one color and it's awful and they're not awful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that that is going to serve a kid throughout life if they can look at people as not good or bad, but as people who make good choices and bad choices, right? Right. Or have good decisions and bad decisions. And, you know, that, that you're not sort of, you know, lining the world up in two categories, right? At your job or at your condo association or in your community, right? That like, you don't have good and bad, you have people. And there are people who do good things and people who do bad things. And, you know, if you see them do enough bad things, you don't marry them or... (laughs) Right. (laughs) You draw some line. For example... Just off the top of my head. That was just, or, <laughs> just a that's a good random choice, Heidi. Or I like become that. their roommate, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or right, hang right. out. You with draw them, some boundaries between boundaries. I'll hang out once in a while or we'll get married, right? Right. <laughs> right. Or just never hang out. But anyway. Um where was I going with this? Oh, you said earlier that the so I had this trick the other day with my daughter. I was driving her somewhere and I and I I knew if I said the thing I was thinking about, this guy wondered it, I wanted to get the goods on, she wouldn't say it. So I said the opposite. I go, um, he seems nice. And he didn't seem nice. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> so, like, that was her chance to prove me wrong, right? right? Or if I had been like, he seems like kind of a jerk, then her chance to prove me wrong would have been like, no, he's nice. Interesting, Heidi. So yeah. I, like, I was like, he seems nice. And she was like, uh, no. And then, like, all the stuff that I kind of wondered, she, like, 
said. Wow, a little reverse psych. I That's know, pretty good. I know. Yeah. So I'm totally carrying that one around in my back pocket. You can't <laughs> use it all the time because they're on to you pretty quickly, right? Right, right, right. Teenagers. But you get, every once, yes, yes, they're pretty good. They're pretty keen about that. But you've got, you had your shot, you took it, right? Yeah, yeah. here and there, like, let them prove you wrong. Yeah, yeah. And by proving you wrong, tell you the thing you're actually you kind of wondering. Yeah. Right? Okay, so that's my little trick for the I week. like that trick. Yeah, it, yeah. it worked well. Um, but, well, so then the other night we were talking about Juice World, um, which I'm sure is coming up in your All the time. sessions, right? Yeah. I mean, Juice World is a really interesting example because um, you know you know how um, you, you hear about a person or um, an idea, concept, and suddenly it becomes – you're flooded with it yeah. very quickly, you know, and, and and when you work with teenagers. So I probably first heard of Juice World three months ago and a kid played um, Juice World for me, which and just as a side note, it was this video where Juice World was rapping and he had a guy beatboxing behind him and he's walking through what what I think is a, a house and um, and people would hold up objects or a sign or a word and so he's he's freestyling, wow. and he integrates the thing seamlessly. It was amazing. Yeah. I mean, you know, like like and, Hamilton, amazing. Hamilton, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly, Hamilton, amazing. Yeah. His moment with Obama, Lin yeah. Manuel's. Yes, right. exactly like that. It was just that seamless. And this, he was at the time, I think, twenty. Yeah, pretty impressive. Totally. Yes. So he died, as you know, which yes. is a big news story and, and sad. And my daughter, you know, was talking about it, the, I think, the day it happened or the next day about all the conspiracy theories that he's not actually dead. And there are all, the, you know, all the stuff's going on with all the eighth graders at the different schools believing different, like, you know, there was radar that showed his private plane actually flying to Bahamas. And then it was a fake plane that landed at Midway and you know, all the things. I love um, when kids get into the stuff like this. There's something really like endearing about that you know what i mean like yeah. it feels kind of almost like that wretch i don't know if you remember the paul is dead beatles thing where you know did i tell you when i was born <laughs> no, I, the beatles I were a, a british rock band okay keep going <laughs> there was this invasion anyway no, I, go on. i know is that the one where you play the record backwards or is that something else that's something else okay. we'll get into this later okay. <laughs> we'll tackle that in 2020 uh anyway you know it's it's kind of sweet a little bit because you know they don't want him to be dead of course right and so you know you hold on to hope that he's not the way people do about tupac or elvis i guess and kids um, really cared about juice world right yeah, you know it, it, he very he much was, so uh popular for a very short period of time only yep. you know but but brilliant man, and, man did he make an impact yeah yeah and uh, a couple of days later my son said to me uh, to me and my daughter um what do you really think happened with Juice World? And I said, well, I, I think, but I think he's really is dead. And yeah. it's, you know, it's sad. He um, was young and had a ton of promise. I don't, whatever I said. Um, and my son said, but I think he did drugs and that's why he died. And I was like, well, yeah, and that's still really sad. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, but is it as sad as if like he had cancer or something? And right. I was, and my daughter got mad. She was like, yes, it's as sad. And uh, I was like, well, yeah, it for sure is. Like, if you think about the people who loved him, he's not here anymore. Right. And so like, I certainly spend lots and lots of time with, you know, like moms, for example, who've lost 
children, if the child died of a drug overdose or a brain tumor, the the mom is just as sad. Right. And that is that's a tragedy. Um, and he was like, even if even if it was kind of like your fault. Yeah. And, you know, he's just a little 10 year old trying to make sense of all this. Right. He's not right, being right. a jerk. He's just trying to make sense of it all. He's working it out. Right. Like, yeah. you know, is it really as sad? You know, didn't he bring this on himself? And, right. right. And my daughter's getting so mad because mm-hmm. she's seeing it as him being judgmental or insensitive or just not getting it. Not you understanding know. how that drug culture works, right? And let you know, like, you know, it may, he might not have had really as much choice as you think he did. Yeah, or yeah. not all the right, you know, p- especially if they were, you know, prescription drugs, he could have been being told by, you know, all sorts of people in his life that this isn't going to kill you, right? right? So, like, I of mean, that, you know, you don't, you, you, you can't expect a 10-year-old to grasp that kind of nuance, no. but you also sort of have a responsibility, I think, to guide them toward it, right? So they don't do the, like, separating people into the bad and good categories, right? Yeah, and right, then, right. Well, people in the bad category don't deserve our empathy, right? Right. Um, right. <laughs> so I'm like trying he not killed, to... He basically took his own life. It exactly. was his fault. It was a dumb idea, right? You know, right. Right. Which yeah. then gets into like, how about people who do die by suicide? Then don't they deserve our empathy? I mean, it's, you know, it, you're getting into all sorts of territory yeah. there. And I don't want him, you know, to get into the territory of bad, therefore, you know... Judging somebody. Not yeah, fully right. human, therefore not worthy of my, you right. know, right. Um. So anyway, it just like we eventually got around to a place where I think he understood it more. And I was talking a a, a lot about, you know, Al, this boy who I had written about last year um, who died of a heroin overdose, who, you know, originally was prescribed painkillers for a football injury. And my son plays flag football. He gets football. And, you know, and I talked about how I spent half a year with the mom and how I think about her every day, which I do. And um you know, I told a story about like how Al was, um, I'll always remember him, his mom telling me, you know, funny stories about him, like being this little boy who would climb up on the roof and the neighbors would call like, you know, hey, Kim, do you know Al's on the roof again? And then, <laughs> and then as he got older, she would get calls from moms at school like, you know, can you just tell Al thank you? Like the kids were teasing my son on the bus today and he put a stop to it. And like Ooh. he got Josh's hat back for him after the mean kid took it. And like, just tell him thanks. And like, you know, he was a really sweet boy from yeah. everything I can piece together from talking to his mom and his friends and his sister and Anyway, um, I was telling my son stories like that because I, you know, I I happen to have the, like, access to those kind of stories about that kid in right. a way that I might not have if I just read a news story about him, right? Or just saw a headline. Um, yeah, you actually know the mom. You've talked, you've heard the stories right. firsthand. Yeah. I spent time in their house. I ate at their table, you know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, where am I going with all of this? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I I... I feel, to take it back to the impeachment thing, I do feel like that is, like, a valiant but not easy effort in this, like, moment in time to, like, remember that there are all all of these players in whatever play we're watching or (laughs) series we're binging are on some level human. And, you know, that feels to me like, we are at a point where we could tip too far into forgetting that 
Yeah, and, um, and and villainizing certain people, and we lose sense of our humanity. And I think fundamentally, it just feels bad to to lose sense of that and to feel like to just plant yourself firmly in a camp without ever considering the humanity on the other side. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and it's it's difficult sometimes. I, a couple of years ago. Um, Sue Klebold wrote a story. Did you write about her? No. Okay. So her her son, Dylan, was one of the Columbine shooters. And and she was on one of the news shows, like a 2020 or something like that. And um, and I'm kind of, when I became a psychologist, that's about when Columbine happened. So we were trying to figure out like, oh, how do we profile these trench coat mafia boys, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, and effectively, we're looking like, how do I identify the enemy, the bad guys, right? right? You know, mm-hmm. um, and to watch her talk about her boy, you know what I mean? So she beautifully, you know, was apologetic in a way I don't even know she could be up to the other families. You know, like, you know, I, I didn't know we were heading in this direction. I didn't know he was in trouble. Um, and. To, and then, you know, the reporter was smart enough to ask her just like, well, what was he like? And she told these like lovely stories of this kid mm. who did this horrible, horrible, violent thing. Yeah. And um, and it's hard. It hurts your brain, I think, to try to integrate these things into a whole, right? Yeah. A person. Yep. And, yet, way to put it. and yet we can't deny the fact that that's all real, right? Mm. That this is one guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's... There was something flawed there, something awful going on, brewing under the surface, you know. Um, and uh, instead of – I, in, to my thinking, I always think now, instead of looking for the bad kids, mm-hmm. um, I think we're looking for the sad kids. We're looking for the kids who are hurting in, in ways that we can't quite identify. And if we can find those kids and reach out to them, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we can do some – prevention work but if we're just looking for kids who are bad mm-hmm. they're not there you know right. what i mean we're not going to find them yeah and um boy I, i'm not sure i'm talking about impeachment anymore <laughs> <laughs> well i think the sad boys sometimes grow up and become president yeah well i think so <laughs> so maybe we are talking about impeachment. i think you're right yeah. about that i mean i don't i'm not actually i'm not interested at all in his psyche i don't find him to be the least bit interesting or I, I don't know. I mean, there's nine gazillion books and like eight gazillion of them are on my desk because the authors keep sending them to the newspapers <laughs> about Trump. And I just find him utterly boring. I, I I don't I don't like a single thing that comes out of his mouth. I don't believe in a single one of his policies or platforms. I think he's been horrible for the country. And I don't really want to know what makes him. I don't want to know what made him that way. I don't want to know what's happening inside. I don't I truly don't care. You didn't vote for him. Was that well, uh, yeah. Um, the second time I might. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I I think, though, like, I don't love that instinct of mine, yeah. I guess. Um, and it sounds like I'm going against everything I just said. But I think that, that that one to me just feels like, okay, that's where my boundary is, right? Like, I can appreciate that he's human. I bet his children love him. You know, right? Um, I, I'm guessing that's true. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't actually want like bad things to happen to him. I, I, I don't want him to lead our country anymore. Um, 
but I, that one to me feels like, okay, that's, there's my boundary. Like I, you know, I can recognize all of these things about him. I see him as a human. I bet there are very good reasons he became the way he became. I don't really necessarily want to read about him. Right. Um, and I'm not going to vote for him. And there's my boundary, right? I get it. Does that yep. sound hypocritical? No, it doesn't. Um, I actually share that. Um, my the, the difference I feel there is he feels almost linear to me. I almost feel like, ooh, you know, your dad must have been a certain way. Mm-hmm. The playground must have felt a certain way to you. Mm-hmm. And so you become this, you know, um, narcissistic bully. windbag bully, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, so in a way I'm not that interested because I feel like, oh, it's such an – it's almost like a ridiculously easy – read but there's also kind of like you know if i it's 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 difficult because um i have trouble finding empathy for the president Mm -hmm. um recently harvey weinstein you know kind of stumbles his way into a courtroom with a walgreens walker that he had just bought (laughs) (laughs) and found out he doesn't have to pay any of his own money right right right. and and, you know this is another guy where i'm like you know hmm yeah, I'm not that interested. You know, you've, you've caused enough harm and damage to people. Yeah. And, you know, that I'm not that interested in helping figure you out. And mm-hmm. maybe that's disingenuous of both of us, right? That feels like it runs counter to everything we're saying here. But I think maybe if you – there's a tipping point of harm maybe. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like if, if Trump were a reality TV guy, mm-hmm. I'd be like – Okay, I don't. I'm not watching, but it's innocuous. I don't care. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you know, um, it's when you're leading the free world into Armageddon. Right. I have a little problem with that. Right. Yeah. Right. I think that's what tripped Ellen up when she sat next to George Bush at the football game, and people were mad at her, and she was like, you know, hey, I, you know, I preach kindness, and yeah. like I'm friends with people who wear fur, even though I don't believe in fur. Right. Um, I mean, she, she believes in the existence of fur, <laughs> but she doesn't. She doesn't support. I do love when people say I don't believe in certain things that obviously fur. exist. Well, no, there, there is fur. Um, I don't believe animal fur should be worn by people. Um, anyway, I, I think the difference there is like, okay, but you know, it, it's, it's a little disingenuous to say like, I just think we should be kind to everyone when you're sitting next to a person whose policies like cause direct harm. Yeah. Um, Death again, to innocent people, exactly. right? I mean, if we're being overt. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I guess that feels to me like, you know, what we're touching on a little bit, which is like, I don't want to say like, you know, life has to be filled with moral ambiguity and you can't decide what you're for or against or, you know, how to vote or who you like or don't like. Like we have to just all be wishy-washy, open-minded, you know, all all the time about every single person. Right. I think we get to draw our lines about what we agree with and disagree with, what we believe in and don't believe in. But I think, you know, it's always a goal of mine and I, and I, fail at it sometimes and I succeed at it sometimes, but I'm working on it Um, to remember that even the people who we vehemently, vehemently disagree with and, and believe have caused great harm like Harvey Weinstein um, on some level, they are human. And that is important to remember because we are 
raising another generation of people, right? Because we yes. are going through life and making our own mistakes and, you know, loving people who are going to make mistakes, yeah. and, right? Yeah, and and I'll throw out one one final story here um, uh, that, that, that struck me recently. Um, I was working with a, a teenage boy and I got to know him and um, his anxieties and his depression really well. We worked together and and um, he did like a really great work in helping resolve it as best he could. Um, and after that, toward the back end, um, I learned of he wanted to talk about politics one day and I realized, wow, we couldn't be further apart. Mm-hmm. And um, but I couldn't ignore the fact that like I already know you. Mm-hmm. We've been through this thing together. Mm-hmm. I really like you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there, there's um, sometimes if you if you if it happens the other way around, yeah. you know I mean? if you know the person before you know their stance, yep. maybe that's where the humanity part comes in, where yeah. you can't deny like, hmm. I know I like this person. You yeah. know, I know he hasn't hoodwinked me into, you know, like into his camp. Yep. He's just been himself and yeah. he's had something else on his mind. Now this is on his mind and he wants to share it. Yeah. And, you know, and what right do I have to now all of a sudden make an enemy of him in my mind? Right. You know? Right. It's tricky. I, I think this is really difficult stuff, right? Because, and, and the best we can do is work it through and remember, I have to stand for what I stand for. And I think that's part of your big point here is like, yeah. we can't ignore policy and what feels right and the sweep of history and all that stuff. But we also have to recognize the humanity in anyone we come across. I think so. And that's a tightrope walk. I know. For sure. Right? <laughs> it, is, it is. I think it's one that's worth, you know, trying though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I suspect we'll be back at this topic again because this feels I think we've done a very nice job I do too of, uh, <laughs> of addressing it we got a very we're amazing. nice we, we're yeah. really very good at this <laughs> there's one listener who will understand what we're doing right now um, we got oh, a very speaking of listeners yes please oh but I shouldn't interrupt you no Sorry. go ahead we... go ahead okay so I was gonna say that speaking of listeners we do John and I want to do yes. um, a live meetup right yes in February February will be our one year anniversary of launching this thing yes um, so if you're listening and you think that would be fun email us and let us know like what do you think should we do like a live recording should we just meet at a restaurant or a bar and just hang out like what w- would you come to that and what would you want it to be right yes in and, February and suddenly I'm thinking if I'm listening and I have a great idea should I write Heidi should I write John what right, should I do write both of us or, or whichever one you like better um, so me no I'm just kidding <laughs> it's um, gonna be me Heidi <laughs> so I'm H Stevens at chicagotribune.com and I'm DocJohnDuffy at gmail.com. I finally abandoned my AOL address. Doc, D-O-C. D-O-C, J-O-H-N, D-U-F-F-Y. Thanks for the challenge, by the way. I didn't know there was going to be math. D-O-C-J-O-H-N-D-U-F-F-Y at gmail.com. Okay. Yeah, let us know. Yeah. I'm curious, aren't you? Oh, so curious. And we so want to meet some of you guys. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to do something. But if you have a great idea, let us know. Yep. All right. Okay. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. And talk to you guys in 2020. Talk to you in 2020.